Welcome to Kyo Reset. God loves you, and he's all about second chances. He's made us brand new. You know, reset means to start over, set anew, to set, adjust, or repair in a new way, to put back in the correct position for healing. Reset is about you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Get a brand new start today and embrace God's plan for your life. Get ready for a reset. This is Pastor Gerald. Just want to take a moment and thank you uh, for listening into this. This is a special and critical time. This is probably the most important decision that you'll ever make. So I want you to take the next 15 minutes or so and fill out the book, pay attention, take notes, because this is going to prepare you for your walk with Jesus and to help you understand the decision that you just made. First, it is the spirit, your spirit, that has been born again. You are comprised of three different parts. As Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, May the God of peace sanctify you wholly, body, soul, and spirit. Here, let's go there real quickly. I'm going to flip there. You hear my Bible turning. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely or wholly or completely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. This is a big decision. So you receive a new spirit when you are born again. Now God is made in three parts, and we're made in the image of God. God himself is in three parts. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or the Spirit of God, or Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. You'll hear Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. You'll hear those kind of interchange. But man, okay, again, we are created in the image of God. You are a spirit. You have a soul, uh, which is your mind, your will, and emotions, and both are housed in your body. And the Bible says, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Now, your spirit knows God. In John chapter 4, it says that God is a spirit. It says, and it says you know him and by and through your spirit. Okay? The Bible says in the book of John, it says you must be born again. Okay? So you contact God with your spirit, you interact with your soul, and you contact the physical world and around you with your body. Again, John chapter 4 says... Uh, chapter 4, verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Okay, and in John chapter 3, I believe it's verse 7, it says, Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. You've been born again. If, you've, if you have confessed and trusted Jesus and confessed him as Lord and asked him to come into your heart, and to make you brand new, to forgive you of your sins, you are born again, and you have a new spirit. Okay? So, let's kind of go over this again. God gave us a soul, and the soul enables us to experience emotion. Again, it's our mind, our will, our, our emotions. It's how we reason. It's how we communicate with other, others, and it, it's our intellect. And our spirit and our soul are housed in a body. This is how we touch and contact the earth. God formed Adam's body out of the dust of the ground, and our body is made to contact the earth. We don't contact God with our body. Now, sometimes in services or we're in the presence of God, we'll have goosebumps, but we don't contact God through our bodies, but our innermost being, our spirit. This is our spirit that really, this is how we contact and interact with God. Now, don't get me wrong, goosebumps and feeling the presence of God, that's all very real. There are times that the Lord... 
Uh, he, his presence is, is there, and you will feel it. But ultimately, you interact with God with your spirit. Okay? Now, John chapter 3, verse 5 says, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay? If a man is born of flesh, his body is born. If he is born of the spirit, you are born of the spirit. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says... Let's go there real quick. I'm going to flip there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's good to have a physical Bible. 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creature or new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Now, right now, again, you're a new creation with a new spirit. You're brand new. Like I, I, I like to, you know, you go to the store, you buy something, it's in the shrink wrap, it's brand new. I like to say that you are now in the shrink wrap. You're brand new. Everything of your past and the old is gone. Okay? So your past is wiped away. Okay? Now, now, little kids, they ask Jesus to come into their heart. That is true. If you've confessed Jesus as, as your Lord, you have Him in you. Christ now lives in you. Not only is Jesus in you, but we are in Jesus. Imagine being dropped in a swimming pool, and if you were to just go under the water and then breathe in the water, which, by the way, that's a really unwise thing to do, don't do that. But if you were to take that in, the water is in you. Not only is the water, not only are you in the water, but the water is in you. So this is how complete your identification in Jesus is. You are not just a follower of Jesus, you are in Christ. You are in Jesus, and Jesus is in you, and we are in Him. This is what, what makes Christianity different from other religions. This is not a religion, it is a supernatural relationship with God. Okay? And it's not something. Uh, this is not something that you experience after following Jesus for many, many years. The very moment you declare Jesus as Lord, let's look at Romans 9. Oh, Romans 10, 9, I'm sorry. Romans 10, 9, let's go there. It says, For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Okay, now let's let's kind of back up. It says that if you in verse nine it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Verse eleven. For the Scripture says, whoever believes in Him will not be disappointed. Okay, so right now, the moment you confess Jesus as Lord and you believed in your heart. It says you're saved, and the word saved comes from the Greek word sozo, which sozo means to make you complete, make you whole. Now, I think it's Pasquale says that there's a God-sized hole in everyone waiting to be filled. And uh, so at the end of the day, you confess Jesus is Lord, you are a brand new person, a brand new creation, you have a new spirit, you are in Christ right now, the moment you choose that. So congratulations, it's the most important decision of your life. Now see... I'll tell you right now, and sometimes uh, you make this decision, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, between one Wednesday to the next or one Sunday to the next, you may not feel it. But I remember when I when I confessed Jesus as my Lord, I remember I walked down to uh, an altar at a church, and I confessed Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And I then, after, at that moment, I wanted nothing but to follow and do what Jesus wanted me to do. Okay, I went to church all the time. 
Uh, I was like the youngest person at my church. Uh, we did visitation on Tuesday nights. I was there. Wednesday night, I was there. Sunday, I was there. Sunday night, I was there. I was, uh, I was fixing the kids' room. I was painting the kids' room. I was doing whatever I could because I wanted all that Jesus had. I wanted everything. And anyway, so you have a new spirit, and, some, and with your new spirit uh, will come new desires, and we'll get into that in just a minute. Let's look at Galatians 2.20. Galatians, Ephesians, it's good to know the Bible. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It says, we've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I or we that live, but Christ who lives in us. Okay? So, that word am means you were crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, I live. This means that the old you, your old spirit, died. It died when you confessed Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Okay, your old, the old spirit was crucified with Christ. It says you became a new person because you're in Christ and you're raised from the dead with Him. Now, let's look at Galatians chapter 5. What comes out of this new spirit? Since the old spirit is dead and God's given you a new spirit... What comes with that, or what comes out of that Spirit? Let's look at Galatians 5, 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. I'm going to read that again. But the fruit of the Spirit, or the result, or the evidence of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's actually a cool song called The Fruit of the Spirit that will help you remember this. But out of these, out of your new spirit, you're a brand new person, and all these good things are to come, come with it, or to come out of it. Okay? So love needs to flow out of you. Joy should be flowing out of you. Gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, peace, patience. All these things. Now, th these are things that God has placed into your new spirit. Okay? Now, after you make this decision, you've made the decision, you've confessed Jesus as Lord, I'm going to follow after Him, I'm going to be obedient to what, what God says. After you make this decision, I encourage you to get water baptized. When we get water baptized, I'm going to go back to Romans. We're going through all throughout the Bible. When you get water baptized, first of all, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is not your ticket into heaven. Baptism is merely, uh, when you're baptized, you go down under the water, and a new you comes to life. You come up out of the water. Okay, now we don't leave anybody under the water because Jesus was raised from the dead. So, what is baptism? Baptism really is a picture. I always tell people it is a picture. Okay? You get baptized, it, you're, you're, you're identifying with Jesus Christ. Jesus now lives in you, and we live in Him. You're identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection. The old you is immersed in the water, and then it dies. Remember, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. And when you rise up out of the water, you're not only, not only is it a picture of you identifying with Jesus and agreeing with his death, burial, and resurrection, but it's symbolic of you, the old you dying, being left in the water, and you rising up, ri rising to new life, and you're a new creation. And... The church, the body of believers, the people that witness your baptism, it is our job to help hold you accountable. And you're basically telling us and telling the world, Jesus, this I made this commitment to Jesus. This is a real decision. I'm going to follow after Him. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. 
And our, our job is to kind of hold you accountable and kind of help you walk this walk of faith that we have because there's going to be challenges and trouble that comes down the road. Jesus himself, Jesus himself said, not if trouble comes, but when. Trouble will come, and we'll get to that. But right now, you're brand new. You're brand new in the shrink wrap. So let's go to Romans 6.4. It says, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So, you're basically agreeing with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and now you're walking in newness of life. You're telling everybody that I am not ashamed of my commitment to Jesus as Lord at the end of the day. You're brand new. Now, you've already discovered a newness in your spirit, but your mind is the same as it always has been. Sometimes you'll notice old negative thoughts may rear their head in the coming days, hours, maybe weeks. You'll notice that some of those old negative thoughts... Uh, maybe maybe thoughts like, well, you're not really saved. God didn't really forgive you. Man, if only people knew how bad you really were. All those things, that that is like, it's like a computer, okay? Remember, the old things have passed away. If everything in your mind passed away, you would have to relearn everything. Remember, God gives you a new spirit, but not a new mind. Okay, your mind did not get a rebirth, but your spirit did. It's the same mind that you had before. Again, you may have had bad negative thoughts. You may have conflict. Your spirit wants to do right and love God and serve God, but your mind is the same as it always has been. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God has already transformed you on the inside. For you and others to see it, now your total behavior must be transformed. You must renew your mind with the Word of God. Keep in mind, this is a process. It does not happen overnight. Do not get discouraged. As a, as a baby, could you do the same things that you can do now? Probably not. And the same is true in the Spirit. You may stumble in the next few days. It's possible. Your mind may mess with you and make you think you've blown it uh, and make you question God's saving and forgiving you. The devil is the accuser of the brethren or the accuser of the brothers, the accuser of God's people. And the devil always speaks in half-truths. And the devil is always going to bring accusation towards you. Another question you need to ask is, who said that? Did you say that? Did I say that? Did Jesus say that? A lot of times when those bad negative thoughts come, like, well, you're not really saved. You're not really forgiven. That's not you. That's the devil, and he's accusing you because he wants to take you away from God and the things of God. Now, you may say, if I'm really different, why am I having these bad thoughts? You know, again, that's not out of your spirit, but it's out of your mind. Okay, imagine you put a nail, if you're, if you're hammering a nail and that nail goes through your hand, most likely you're probably going to curse or you're going you're gonna to use some profanity. I'm just saying it's highly possible. Okay, until you reprogram your mind and you reprogram your mind, which reprograms your mouth to say something different, uh, you're going to continue to say the same old stuff. Okay, you can't spell if you don't go to school to program your mind to spell. To play football, you can't play football unless you program your mind to know how the game works and how to play, what position to play, where to go, when to run, when to listen, all those things. Your mind must get a new program with the Word of God. Don't think it to be strange in the early stages of your Christian life or Christian walk that you stumble, sin, or struggle. Remember, 1 John 1.9 says, uh, let's go there real quick, 1 John 1.9, it says, 
If we confess our sins, God, says He, is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so if you just confess your sins to God, it says He's just and faithful to forgive you of your sins and to make you clean and to forgive you and to wipe your slate clean, that your, your sin debt is paid in full. You, you don't owe a bill. Now, you might fight against your new spirit. Okay, in the book of James, it said double-minded. The double-minded man is a dangerous man. It says we must, so we must live by the word of God. We can't go by what we see. You accepted Jesus in faith, not by what you saw. You may, but by what you heard. You heard the word of God, and the Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Your faith grows by hearing the word of God. Now, in Second Corinthians five seven. Now remember, we don't we don't walk by feelings, we don't walk by uh, sight. It says we walk by faith, not by sight. So this decision you made is not by something you saw. It was by faith, and you believed and you trusted. Again, Second Corinthians five seven. We walk by faith, and not by sight. Okay. Now that you're a Christian, now that you're brand new, you we you and I must live by the Word of God. Now. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. It tells us to get faith to live. We have to get it from the Word of God. Faith is your spiritual power to be bold, to remain calm, to be peaceful, to trust God even when things don't look peaceful. Faith is that is that power. Faith is that is that reliance on God to be bold and speak up when you need to speak up, to remain calm and not freak out. That's faith. Okay, You can become this way by basing your life on the Word of God and not by your feelings. You must learn to quit living by feelings and to live by the Word of God. Now, there may be sometimes, again, you may question, I'm not saved, I don't feel like a Christian, and God seems far away. Now, we are talking about eternity. We are talking about heaven and hell. Do not give up on this. Study the Word of God more, and don't let your feelings rule you. Sometimes you can feel God's presence strongly, and other times He may seem far away. That doesn't mean He's not present. The Bible says where any two are gathered, Christ is in our midst. And remember, God is everywhere. Like one time, I prayed for a 14-year-old girl. I prayed for her one time, and she wanted healing. She wanted to be healed. And that's for another session. But the Bible says that God heals all infirmities, sicknesses, and diseases. Psalm 103.3. So I prayed for her, and I felt absolutely nothing. I did, not feel, I did not feel power surging through me. I did not feel like, you know, I didn't feel anything. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from her mother, and her mother says she was completely healed. Now, if I went by my feelings, nothing would have happened. But I trusted the Word of God, and I lived by the Word of God, and she was healed, regardless of what I felt, regardless of what I saw. So remember, we live by the Word of God regardless, by, regardless of what we see or what we feel. Okay. Now, in Romans, you're saved despite your thoughts. Instead, you need, like Romans 10, like if you begin to doubt, you just need to say, Look, I'm saved. I'm saved despite how I feel or how I think. Instead, I am saved. The Word of God says that I am saved, that I belong to God, that I confess Jesus is Lord, so I am saved. All unrighteousness. All sin has been removed from me. The Word of God says in Romans 10.9 says uh, that I am saved. I confess Jesus is Lord. I am saved. If you mess up or you stumble, you confess. say, I, Lord, I confess to you that I've sinned. You're just and faithful to forgive me. And you're brand new and it says He'll forgive you. 
Now, 2 Thessalonians 1.3. Let's go there real quick. So you sometimes you need to combat these negative thoughts with Scripture. Jesus himself battled Satan in the wilderness when he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He said, it is written. He always used the Word of God. It is written. No matter what Satan threw his way, he used it is written, and he would quote the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, we, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged, and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater. We are bound to thank God always as our faith grows exceedingly. So when you don't feel like you're so, you're so powerful in faith, you need to say, Hey God, I thank you that my faith is growing exceedingly. Your faith has to grow. It's important that you come back to church, come back on Wednesday at 6.30, come to church on Sunday at 10.30, come to Sunday school at 9.30. Do not miss a service. Do not miss a gathering. And when you come back next time, we're going to go over part two of the most important decision of your life. Remember, you're brand new, a brand new creation as of right now, and you are in Christ. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Pastor Darrell.